Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2020 is brought to you by the organizational team, Anne, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants, without whom this event wouldn't be possible. And now, on to the episode. Life's a game. The world's a stage. And we are all merely role players. Join members of Blackshaw Theatre Company as they try on all the many roles there are to play. You are Blackshaw Theatre. Nobody else knows. You're also investigators of inexplicable happenings. <laughs> Deputies of federal law enforcement. Master thieves and con artists. Hooray! <laughs> Merely role players, where theatrical people play role-playing games. New episodes every week, new stories and new genres every season. Just search for Merely Role Players wherever you find podcasts. The Unexplored Places, Tango Sector, is an actual play podcast about the crew of the Spaceship Pelagian, a ragtag group of reckless guns for hire, taking jobs, facing rivals, making enemies, and scraping by amidst the plots and schemes of the cops, cults, and criminals who control their home in Tango Sector. Find us on Twitter at UnexploredCast, and tune in every other Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the Adventures Guild Podcast, the home of Tabletop Comics, a weekly comic book for your ears, releasing every new comic book day, the annual Amber Hill Halloween special, the upcoming eponymous Adventures Guild quests, and more on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. The Adventures Guild, telling amazing stories through tabletop gaming. Tabletop Buffoonery is an actual play best friends podcast where I try and get two of my best friends to play D&D with me. Meet Ronnie Chambers, played by Josh. Ronnie Chambers is ready, baby. I'm very hairy. Obscenely hairy. And Sully Bottoms, played by John. I don't know. Sully Bottoms. (laughs) I want an eye patch. Can I be in a zoot suit and be from like the 1920s? As they venture through the desert and try to understand why no one will give them a freaking smooch already. You can find us every other Wednesday, wherever you get your podcast, and you can find us on Twitter, at Tabletop Buffoon. Turns out in this game, our actions have consequences. (laughs) Good stuff. Alright, so, let's get started. Hello, welcome to this episode of IPM, playing Beam Saber. I am the GM for this session. My name is Robin. My pronouns are they, them. My name is Christine. My pronouns are they, them. And I am playing the ace. Her uh, her name is Antiquity Heart, Annie for short. Her call sign is Spark, and she uses she, her pronouns. My name is Joshua, they, them. I am playing Commander Eris, the officer, call sign Sarge. And my name is Matt. My pronouns are he, him. And I am playing Paris Eltree, the Envoy playbook. His pronouns are also he, him, and his call sign is Vista. Okay, good stuff. So, Beam Saber is a Forge in the Dark system, so it's a lot like Blades in the Dark if you've ever played that, but rather than give you, the audience, a sort of lengthy explanation of that. We're just going to sort of jump in. So, you guys have your base in 
a castle in the mountains outside of Journey City. And can you guys, what is the name of your squad again? We are the Warning Shots. Right. And you guys are a consulate, which is um, sort of a negotiation-based squad. So D- Diplomatic. Yeah, sort of loosely diplomatic. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, you guys have chosen to work. F- your fac- patron faction is the oligarchy ruled by the Adamant Council of Nor. Yes. Yep. Which is confusing if you've played one version or another of Fire Emblem. Yes, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, you guys are, are kind of chilling in the castle when you receive a call from your sort of uh, commanding officer, your direct superior, Chip Canticle, to come to his office. Alright, I will uh, get over there double time. Okay. Me as well. I will dawdle slightly and be the last (laughs) in the door. I figure Paris is probably the last one, yeah. So you guys sit down in his office Chip is a, uh, he's in his early to mid-50s, he's a career soldier, and he wears his graying hair pulled back into sort of a bun, and once you guys sit down, he begins speaking. So, for the last few months, uh, some trading caravans going towards Journey City, coming in from the north, have been getting raided, and, uh... We've gotten word that it's probably the Raccoons, which are a squad from the the Jovangelian Empire. Our higher-ups have asked that you speak with them and either convince them to end these raids, or failing that, to capture them and bring them in. So, we've tracked them to a warehouse on the outskirts of the Greater Journey City area. It should go without saying, if there are any civilians, no civilian casualties. Is this clear? Roger. Crystal. Absolutely. Any questions? How do we know it is them? What what's what's the intelligence pointing to it being the raccoons? We we don't want to kick their doors in uh, on false pretenses now. Mm, yes. Well, they're the raccoons are so named because of their somewhat uh shall we say underhanded tactics, but also uh as a as a bit of a as a trademark, the raccoons uh, paint the faces of all their mechs with raccoon masks. And some of those who've been raided have reported similar markings on the vehicles of those who have attacked them. Tacky. Do we know how... Han- handy for us. Do we know how many we'll be dealing with, and do we have an idea of what equipment they have? We don't have a great deal of information on the raccoons because they're part of a different faction and that kind of information they tend to keep close to chest just like most other factions don't know how many 
uh, members there are of this squad. It's theorized that there's as many as half a dozen. Uh, we do know that the leader of the raccoons is a pilot named Meteora Overkill. Uh, call sign Crab Hunter. A name to conjure with. Okay. Do we know what type of mechs they use? Uh, we do not. Okay. So, be prepared for anything. You move out <clears throat> at sundown. So, with that, he dismisses you. Is there anything you'd like to do to prepare beforehand, or do we just want to jump straight into the mission portion, basically? Um, if possible, I would like to see if there's any kind of um, leverage that I could get my hands on. That if we're going to go and negotiate with these people, then I would like to know that I have either something to offer them or something to threaten them with. If that's sure. possible, if that's possible to do before sundown. I think you could maybe do a a survey roll to see what you might be able to dig up, and that might be the best way to go about it. Sure. So, here your I'm going to say your position is standard, or is uh, controlled, because you're not out in the field or anything, and you're not sort of up against the wall, and the effect will be standard. <laughs> so, uh, roll 2d6. Coming up. They are both ones. <laughs> Which is a great start. Yeah, we're off to a good start. So that's that's pretty much just a failure. Let's see if there's anything to note about that. Yeah, despite your work, you spend, I don't know, probably at least half an hour like trying to dig up anything at all in the raccoons. And yeah, the only thing you can find out is like essentially tabloid stories of Meteora Overkill being like a particularly harsh pilot but that's about it well uh no leverage gang looks like we're just going to have to rely on my charm i would like to get some intel about the warehouse itself the area around it sort of get the lay of the land maybe see if i can get any information about what's there uh maybe do a, a like a flyby in my mech beforehand to try to get a sense of what we're what we're going to be dealing with okay so if you're going to do it in your mech you can use scan as opposed to survey great i've got a one in scan okay now when you're in your vehicle since you only got the one yes you can push yourself by spending a quirk from your vehicle if you can Explain to me how it would help you in this to get an extra die. Sure. Um, I think I will do that because <laughs> Paris did not One get us is... anything. Uh, <laughs> could I use my... My quirks are not great for this kind of thing, but could mm -hmm. I use my thin light frame to sort of like maneuver quickly and get, like, a better vantage point. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'll work. And sort so... of also using that to kind of avoid danger, because I can get, you know, I can avoid being spotted by being fast. 
Yeah, absolutely. So mark that you've used that quirk and then give me 2d6. Alright. Two fives. Two fives, so that's pretty good. So your position here would be a little riskier because there's a chance of you being found and yeah. that can always end poorly. Um, but so a five means you get a partial success. So you are able to sort of scan and this is like a pretty large warehouse, but it is abandoned and there's not a whole lot of materials inside of it. It's largely uh, based on your scan serving as a uh, like a hangar basically for this crew but you are pretty sure that you are seen because you see someone outside with binoculars looking in your direction Oof, okay and so i'm going to start a clock on that and if that that may or may not become a problem great and this, and this is exactly why I was thinking about popping in and being like, I would tell you not to do that, but instead I think I'm just going to lay into you a little bit when you get back, because I was basically going to do, <laughs> I was basically going to do the same thing, except not go out and do it, but like, <clears throat> look at like any kind of satellite imagery, maps, etc., to get kind of a tactical overview mm -hmm. of what's around and where like vantage points and stuff are. As opposed Ugh, to actually sure. going out and risking exposing myself. Boring. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so you come back and Sarge, you catch Antiquity coming back in uh, Phoenix Chimera, which is their vehicle. <laughs> I'll just be standing there with my arms folded and a rather cross look on my face as she lands and just kind of waiting impatiently hey sarge and where did you go checking out the warehouse seeing what we're dealing with mm-hmm mm-hmm you don't think maybe there's a better way to do that than exposing yourself I don't think anyone was doing anything else. So. Well, maybe next time you ask the person who's done this kind of thing before. We have maps. We have satellites. We've got other ways of getting a lay of the land than going out and risking blowing the operation. Outdated maps, unreliable satellites. Look, there's nothing that compares to seeing something in person. You're right. There's not. But it's not worth it if you're seen and they now know that we're going to be coming. Haven't we arranged a meeting? Didn't they know we were coming anyway? My understanding is we're just kind of going. We don't know what they know. We don't well, know they're... what they're expecting. Well, they're going to know that we're coming pretty soon anyway, so. Yeah, but now they can be better prepared for us. And we can be better Think prepared for them. Think about that next time. Sure thing, Sarge. So this actually, in terms of how the game works, does bring up an important question of planning, which is what kind of 
plan are you going with? Yes. Which I just want to stick in there before we... Yeah. Real quick, which is there's assault, scientific, deception, social, stealth, and transport. Which one do you think you guys will go with? It feels like either deception or social for this mission, right? Yeah, it, so here, here's my thing, because I, I wanted to kind of use, like, maps and, like, imagery, and my thought is mm-hmm. get a tactical layout of the land, and I do have survey as one of my insight abilities, skills, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and... I could post up somewhere in kind of an overwatch position almost. Mm -hmm. And in case the negotiations discussion, whatever goes bad, then I am there ready to act. Okay. So you're thinking of like getting sort of a tactical position that's not immediately visible so that you can get into the action if things go badly. Yes. Like okay. in, instead yeah. of instead of bringing my big heavy armored combat mech or like right <laughs> up in there and right. being intimidating if they want to negotiate they can try to negotiate. But then, you know, when things inevitably go sideways, I can just start shooting and they won't <laughs> they won't know that I'm there, hopefully. Sure, 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 sure. Um so that to me sounds like it either serves as deception or assault. Or realistically deception with a backup of assault. <laughs> <laughs> uh to me it's um social with a backup of assault. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, cuz if that's so a backup it's... plan but the main plan is that one of us realistically Paris as the envoy actually makes mm-hmm. a, a kind of an entrance and tries to make overtures to this gang. Yeah. Um, and Sarge is there in case it goes sideways. And, and and I've literally got like plan B, plan C, plan D, etc. <laughs> engraved in the sides of all my weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so Sarge, if you're going to survey to get a sense of it, Go ahead and do that. And much like Christine did, you can, instead of spending a stress, since it's a pilot act, or that. Instead of spending a quirk because it's a, because it's a pilot action, you can spend a stress to give yourself an extra die to roll. Um, I can do that. So I just mark one stress in the box. Correct. And roll yep. 3d6. Because you only have one in insight, you'll roll 2d6. 2d6. Okay. That is an eight. Oh, it's two stress. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, so what's the so what's the highest you got? What's the highest die? Five. Five. Okay. So you're able to get a pretty good sense of the terrain through sort of like we'll say like satellite imaging uh, that's been done of the area, and you do have a pretty good sense of where you might be able to post up so that you won't be seen. But you do notice that the the maps are a little out of date, not terribly, but mm-hmm. you may have to um, 
adjust based on what the terrain actually looks like once you get there. Okay. I can do that. Okay. So, is there anything else anyone wants to do before we before you head out? Nope. I think I'm good. I will uh definitely pull Vista aside and just be like as as we're kind of packing up and getting ready to go. I'll just pull Vista aside and just be like things go sideways and the shooting starts. Just get out of my way. Absolutely. Uh, don't worry though. I am confident that your uh, skills won't be needed. I will give you a very skeptical look. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so everyone decide what your load is going to be for this mission. And then uh, who would like to make the engagement roll? Which is just a... Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. So the engagement roll just sort of represents, like, the initial getting through the first obstacle, which is just getting there. In this instance, getting to the actual site. It largely serves to set up the position you're in once you actually get into the sort of, how should we say, like, the the meat and bones of the mission. So, there's a few... Th Normally, it's just 1d6 for luck, but there's some questions that can affect it. So I wouldn't say this mission is exceptionally bold or complex because you didn't find any information about the raccoons. You don't get a die for exploiting vulnerabilities. Um, Whoops. What about for... <laughs> what about for tactical advantage? Actually, yeah. I'll give you a die for that. So that brings you up to two and then... Does the squad receive external support for the mission beyond the intel of where they are? Not really. And then I think I'm going to take... Yeah, so that puts you at 2d6. So, who would like to roll it? I'll roll it. Alright, roll 2d6 for me. And then tell me the highest you get. That is two ones. God. Oh no! Jesus! Ah. Um... <laughs> So we've already been captured. Uh, well, so yeah, if the result is one to three, the starting position is desperate. <laughs> so I think that the route from the from your base to this base was not nearly as uninteresting as you thought. And so you guys had to, well, here's the question. Do you think that if you encountered unexpected, like, enemy forces, how do you think this squad would handle that, roughly speaking? What, specifically, I mean... what kind of enemy forces? Yeah. Sure. So, en route to 
this warehouse, you actually run into a squad from the theocracy. And as you're heading towards the, uh, heading in that direction, um, you are stopped by a group calling themselves the Rights of the Ascendant, or the Ascent, sorry, Rights of the Ascent, who are currently guarding, they appear to be building a, some kind of monument, or building, uh, and they'll stop you and ask you what you're doing in this area. I feel like we can talk our way through this, right? Surely. (laughs) Sure, as I ready my rifle. <laughs> I I assuming we are traveling in our vehicles, right? Yeah, you know, it's always is imagining. It's, yeah. Mhm. Yeah, it's generally assumed that you're traveling in your vehicles or with them. Okay. So Paris's vehicle, which is a a humanoid mech known as common courtesy, uh which um the main thing to know about it is that it's wearing a cape. Uh, it, right. it executes a kind of courtly bow, goes down on one knee, and the chest opens and Paris steps out uh, mm-hmm. onto the road in front of this checkpoint. Um, kind of palms out towards them to show uh, a sort of a peaceful appearance. Uh, and says, just passing through... Uh, we have no, uh, we have no issue with you. What a fine monument you appear to be building. Okay, um, I think for that I'll have you. This sounds like sway to me. That sounds good to me. All right. Um, and would so... you would you say that that uh, stunt with the big entrance out of the mech uh, counts as taking advantage of how impressive we are? <laughs> I think oh is this is for your your thing. Yeah, I'll that'll go for it. So it'll get increased effect. Great. Okay, so I have two in survey. Uh sorry, in sway. Uh, sway. Yeah. So 2d6. Let's see if I can do better than two ones this time. Uh one of those is a 6. Oh, yes. perfect. So that I think the effect is outstanding. Um, so they, yeah, they back down immediately and they're like, oh, uh, thank you for noticing. Yeah, we've been, uh, we've been out here for a little bit working on this. It's, uh, it's going to be glorious once it's finished, but. I can tell, I can tell. Sculpture isn't my usual area, but, uh, but from what I can see, from what I know, uh, this is exquisite work. Oh, thank you. They, um, the mech puts like a hand to its chest as though it's flattered. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, carry on. Yes, yes. We wouldn't want you to. We wouldn't want to hold up your important work. They wave you off as you leave, and then, so that was one thing that kind of like slows you down. The other thing is when you actually get to the warehouse, you do see that there's already a vehicle standing outside of the warehouse, which is sort of like a weird mech that looks like it's like hunched over almost with like clawed hands and a 
long tail coming out of the back. Well, I am, at this point, up in the hills somewhere, taking up my position. So, I will just kind of observe everything that goes on below for now. Sure, absolutely. So, Antiquity and Paris, how do you respond to this? Does it appear to be, like active like there's someone in it it's it's on or oh yeah it's definitely it's definitely clear that someone is in this because as you guys get closer it turns towards you it turns towards you and you hear a voice over basically a loudspeaker coming from the mech who the hell are you uh we're the warning shots uh am i speaking to uh was it Crab Killer? Uh, crab Hunter. Crab Hunter. Am I speaking to Crab Hunter? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm not cra- I ain't Crab Hunter. I'm Olingo. Well met. We would like to speak to Crab Hunter. Yeah, what's this, uh, what's this regarding? You know, we ain't exactly used to visitors out here. It's regarding a deal. Ooh. Well then. I'll go get her. And the mech basically... It does like the Metroid rolls up into a ball and then rolls into the warehouse. (laughs) And then... um, That's a a new one. A few minutes later... (laughs) The... Some bay doors open uh, on another side of the building and out steps a much taller vehicle. This one has, this one's much more humanoid standing, normally upright, with lots of black and it's the skirt of the mech specifically is designed so that it looks like it's part of an overcoat. So it looks like this mech is wearing some kind of strange overcoat, almost. Although it's clearly not. And it's got, like, big, heavy shoulder pieces. And you can see there is basically just a sword hilt of some kind at its waist. But no, like, blade attached to it. And it approaches you, and you hear a voice over the speaker... You're looking for Crab Hunter? Yes. She is speaking. Thank you for agreeing to meet with us. Uh, I am Vista of the Consulate Warning Shots. And I'm here to extend you the courtesy of the Nor. This is all coming from my mech's booming loudspeakers, by the way. Oh right, the uh, the <laughs> the head uh, is looks like one of those medieval helmets, just full of breathing holes. Except it's actually a big speaker. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. So uh, I'm making sure that all everybody inside the warehouse can hear this as well. Essentially. Sure. Right. It's it's not a it's not even the least bit quiet. Oh no, it's not how I roll beautiful 
a deal from the Adamant Council of Nor. What what do you purport to offer us? A chance to move out of this territory before it's carpet bombed. There is a there is action planned by the Nor. Uh, this sector has been chosen for purging. Uh, we have no particular quarrel with your people. So I've been sent, we've been sent, uh, my companion and I, to offer you the courtesy of a warning and 24 hours to get your stuff together and move out before this whole sector is turned into a flaming pit. Okay. I'm going to need a sway roll. <laughs> I thought you might. Um, I would like to push myself on this. Yeah, so take two stress. Yep. And that gives me three dice. Uh, highest of those is a six. Okay, excellent. So two things. One, since you're taking a desperate action... Uh, technically, you get to mark an experience in Resolve. Nice. But then, since you got a six, she seems shocked. So, th the Council of Nord is just going to bomb this particular area. Just going to just lay it to waste. That's what I've been given to understand. And she... the. She points at uh, Antiquities Mech. Is that why you were flying around the other day? Yes. Because we, we saw you. Standard recon? Mm-hmm. That's how we knew you were here to extend the offer. I, w I will pipe in over our internal comms and just be like, I fucking told you so. <laughs> 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 beautiful i'm just gonna um, put my mech's hand behind its back where only sarge can see and flip them off so you all want us to move out of here um might i ask uh vista why this sector why why here you know this is pretty close to journey city seems a mite uh dangerous well flattered as i am that you take a look at this uh this fine machine that i'm riding and assume i must be high up in the uh in the hierarchy i'm afraid i'm not uh i'm not party to uh the decision making process i'm only party to the decisions it themselves and the decision has been made i'm afraid well then i suppose we better roll out that's what i would do in your position you hear a low uh, strange sort of whistle come over mech and then the one you had seen previously rolls out as well as a third one which is this one just looks like it looks like they took a construction vehicle and turned it into a mech. 
and so it's this weird kind of squat thing on four legs, but they look like um, construction arms. And there's like a a sort of crudely attached face area, as well as a couple of guns mounted on it that clearly were not there when this thing was originally built. And just so I've got this right, they all have raccoon faces painted on them? They all have a raccoon mask painted on them. <laughs> Wonderful. So how uh, how much of this area are they blasting, just so we know how far away we gotta go? I, Matt, the player, do not know what a sensible area to say would be. Uh, sure, <laughs> it's I possible mean... that Paris wouldn't either, though, to be honest. <laughs> Very much bluffing all of this. There, right, there absolutely. was. Um, how uh, how far away would we need to get them to go to sort of fulfill the mission? There was a village nearby, right? Probably a few miles back, you had encountered um, where they were building that monument, and then Journey City is probably just out of sight range. Okay, so there's a city, but there's no. I thought you mentioned something about there being like a village or something nearby. So there's probably villages dotted around because this it like. Basically, you're in the, like, very extended suburbia of Journey City, if that makes sense. Just much more spread out. Okay, and is Journey City one of our cities? Journey City is just sort of a big city that is carved up. Each faction controls a chunk of it, basically, but no one faction owns the whole thing. Okay. So I guess I say an area that if they were to clear out of it would mean they wouldn't have access to the same supply lines they've been raiding anymore. Sure. And Crab Hunter in response, well, now that's going to be a bit of a problem for us. Uh, if you stay here, yes. <laughs> yeah, but you see, we've got our own orders, and so... Just uh, just a thought of uh, what if uh, this scouting vehicle, and she uh, points at Antiquity's vehicle again, if it just uh, doesn't come back. I'm sorry? Just a thought if you're scouting out the area and... That's how you're deciding the uh, area it's about to be, what was the word, purified? Um, purged, actually. It's important to be. Purged, thank you, thank you. Accurate. You're right. Purified sounds like theocracy talk. What if, uh, I don't know, what if something just happens and you just happen to, uh, I don't know, disappear? As... No, Crab Hunter, I'm I'm good at doublespeak. I can doublespeak with the best of them, but I uh, am having trouble understanding whether this is meant to be a an offer or a threat. I don't think this is working, guys. <laughs> well, uh... not with that attitude, Sarge. <laughs> Why don't you tell me what it sounds like? And the guns on the construction mech point at uh, Phoenix Chimera. I will shoot the construction mech. 
from my position. Cool. So, what do you think battle seems to make most sense here? I've got two in battle. Alright. So, you can roll two, and if you want a third, you could expend a quirk. But, two is pretty good. Yep. I will open fire with my directed energy weapon. Kind of a long beam sniper rifle thing that I brought with me. Yep, perfect. And that is a six with a five on my higher die. Jeez, okay. Uh, yeah. Tell me what it looks like when you beam sniper this mech. I... Having sat here and watched and kind of taken stock of all three of these uh, vehicles. I just casually line up my shot, and a lancing beam of light extends from my barrel through the other mech and into the ground behind it. Okay, yeah. So you fire through and it does considerable damage. And Crab Hunter's mech grabs its sword and says, Peace was never really an option, was it? And when they pull their sword out, they uh, point it to one side and a, a beam blade extends out of it to... It is preposterously long. It's the Sephiroth Sword of Beam Swords. <laughs> so, things are happening now. The mech with the beam saber wreck or er, raccoon. They're all raccoons. Crab Hunter's coming towards you, Paris. Olingo, the rolling mech, is rolling towards you. Antiquity. What are you guys doing? So, if you're up for it, Christine, I have a, a possibility for a something that sets you up for a kind of cool counterattack. Absolutely. So, I would like to declare, as part of my vehicle gear, my fine hollow projector. So my oh yes my my shiny gilded shiny mech uh, is outfitted with very fine uh very well concealed hollow projectors um and mm -hmm. uh phoenix chimera which has been standing next to me or sort of you know in bodyguard position this whole time is not actually mm -hmm. phoenix chimera it's a hollow projection yes, yes. <laughs> to allow the real phoenix chimera to get the drop on them absolutely beautiful so i think yeah, that works. You want me to roll anything for that? Um. Is... So normally, when you're assisting an ally, I think it's takes stress equal to the number of ticks in your relationship clock with them, and then you get to select what the benefit is for them. It can be they take plus one, they have an improved effect, they have an improved position, or and this one doesn't really seem necessary. They ignore their level three harm. Improved position sounds narratively right for this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So cool. So I'll take so stress Christine, for that. So Christine, you'll be. Yeah, you'll take 
think we should just... be one. Yeah, just one, because your connection with everyone is one right now. So you'll take one stress for that. And then, Christine, how are you responding to the rolling uh, mech that's coming towards you? Except Yeah, not. so not coming towards me, but coming towards the hollow projection of me. Just narratively, mm-hmm. would it be fair to say that when I was here earlier, I found some sort of, like, out-of-sight spot that I could be coming from at this point? That I could have set myself up in. Yeah, I think so. So we can sort of flash back and say that you had found something Great. like that. And I think pilot has prepared a seemingly unexpected circumstance. They can have a flashback to show that they weren't caught off guard. I guess the preparation was simple and there was ample opportunity. Yeah, no. So you're good. Great. So we just flash back to a scene of you finding a spot to Perfect. hide out. Um, so what I would like to do is instead of actually going for the rolling mech, which at this point is sort of headed off towards this diversion version of me. I'm a little distracted yep. at the moment. I'm actually going to go right for Crab Hunter. And I think I think what it mm-hmm. is is that I am basically as this conversation is happening and I'm I'm running up to this action as I'm I'm sort of being set up for this. I'm flying up mm-hmm. basically as high as I can get and then essentially dive bombing her. Um and at the last second I am am turning my mech which uh, I have not yet described it, but it's a sort of live gold humanoid mech with sort of flame uh, decals on it. And it has wings made mm-hmm. out of razor blades. Uh, so basically the last second I want to turn so that my wings kind of catch her mech uh, and sort of, of tangle her mech up in it and, and slice through the armor plating. Sure, Absolutely. So, what do you, I'm going to have you roll something. <laughs> I'm hoping for maneuver um, here. Battle. I, yeah, because this is exceptionally fancy, I think the argument for maneuver works. Great. So, you're at an improved position, so you're risky as opposed to desperate. Yes. Um, so, roll 2d6. Right. So, uh, 2 and a 4. So four. Okay. Yeah, so four. Um, So what's going to... So you do manage to do this, where your wings uh, crash into them. However, they... What you were not anticipating on is this thing is a little bigger and heavier than you maybe realized from a distance. And so your wings are unfortunately stuck in a piece of the armor plating and in response they are going to uh, swing their giant beam sword and do I think probably level one damage so just mark that on your sheet that you have uh, damaged wings okay I have a move that is called Meat is cheap, save the metal. (laughs) When the vehicle you're piloting takes damage, you can choose for the pilot to take an equal level of harm instead. If you resist this harm, take minus 1d to the resist roll. Um, Can I take that that damage as harm instead and then attempt to resist it? Yes, I will let that, yeah. So, meat is cheap, save the metal lets you do that, so you would take level 1 harm instead and... To resist, you would roll 
2d6. All right. But I'm rolling minus one uh, because of you, the move. You, so I'm rolling 1d6. Yeah, you see so you would take, uh, yeah, All right. That's four again. So two stress, right? Four. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So rolling mech is, uh, keeps on rolling, rolling, rolling. And the construction mech looks like it's struggling to figure out how to move since it has a hole in it now. And Phoenix Chimera is stuck in Kaiser Cradle is the name of this mech. So as soon as I let my shot out and see this sword get drawn, I'm basically going to drop plan B and charge in drawing plans D and E, which are a handheld gun and a sword and let loose with plan C, which is a volley of missiles. Oh god. Okay. So what are you rolling then to and what are you bombarding specific or what are you firing at the missiles with specifically? I am mostly opening fire on Crab Hunter. Okay. And I think this will be another battle roll. Okay. So the two D six then? Yes. Alright. That is a five with one of them being a four. Okay, so a five. You are able to your missiles do go off and hit Crab Hunter, and so they will take some damage from that. However, also attached mm-hmm. is Phoenix Chimera. <laughs> so Phoenix Chimera, unfortunately, once again, level one damage is coming to you from missiles hitting you, which are not perhaps as accurate as you would like them to be. I'm going to meet his cheap save the metal again. Um, yeah. And, and try to resist this, this harm again. So same thing, 1d6. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is a five. So one stress. So you take one Great. stress. Yep. Okay. Yeah, right. and and again, at the same time, I am charging in in my mech, which is uh, very similar to what is it? Phoenix? What? Chimera. Phoenix. My mech is very similar to Phoenix Chimera, but um, much bulkier and heavier clearly meant to be a combat heavy mech and uh, mm-hmm. trying to draw crab hunters attention toward me and away from the trapped rookie. I'm going to jump on my communicator here and first off say, okay, what the fuck? You just hit me. Also, <laughs> I have her covered. Deal with the other one. I'm fine. You look stuck. Part of the plan Give me, like, 30 seconds, and you'll see that it's part of the plan. Also, it would have happened already if you hadn't fucking shot me. (laughs) Okay. On that note, what are you doing, Paris? Uh, I would like to uh, see if I can lead one of the other uh, raccoons on some sort of merry chase. Probably the rolling one, because the construction one probably would be too slow to actually chase me. But I, I want to see mm-hmm. if I can lead the rolling one away from the, the main fight uh, so that I can leave Sarge and Spark to uh, mop these two up. 
Um, okay, sounds good. So, potentially with some sort of provoking, I'll maybe just light up my jump jets, drop the projection of Phoenix Chimera now that it's clear that it's not the real one. Um, mm-hmm. Just jump jet kind of behind where it just rolled from and say something like, you're letting a high-value target escape, and then jump jet <laughs> off again in a in another direction and hope that they chase. Yeah, I think, I think that'll work. It starts rolling in your direction, and it actually... Yeah, I think uh, roll a maneuver to see how this goes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to push myself again. So sure. Taking two stress. Stress. Um, would it be a quirk for manipulate? Yes. Oh, you're, you're right. I'm right. so sorry. It's a quirk Thank you. for this. Yes, so... so I will use my nimble fragility of, uh, of common Perfect. courtesy. Uh, to jink about and uh, just stay just out of its reach without letting it know Mm -hmm. that I'm sort of toying with it. Sure. Uh, Highest of those is a three. (laughs) So it doesn't go quite (laughs) as well as you think. And in fact, I'm going to kind of use nimble fragility against you here, which is that you do start... Um, sort of leaping around and you're doing these acrobatic maneuvers what you did not anticipate was how nimble in fact Olingo's Reaver is and it like smoothly rolls out of a ball and jumps through the air and grabs you oh no and starts clawing into you which I'm going to say is going to be level 1 damage of uh, scraped hull, I guess, or however we want to describe that. Sure. But also, and this has no mechanical part, I just want you to know that he's also shredding your cape. No! Oh, no! <laughs> oh, he's going to pay for that. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> so, as as that's happening, what are you doing now? Antiquity. Yes. So... My vehicle has a light load, and I'm going to use one of those to declare that I have a grapnel anchor tool. What I want to do here is take this sort of, like, harpoon anchor, stick it into Mm -hmm. um, Crab Hunter's mech, and then again just, like, take off and fly up as high as I can, and then dive bomb to sort of, like, hit the ground her first, uh, so that she takes the brunt of the damage from this, this really dramatic dive bomb so you want to launch into the air and then use her mech as your landing cushion exactly beautiful all right to me that sounds like maneuver yeah and i also i do want to go ahead and spend a quirk to push myself here for an extra die sure and i want to use my uh my mech has extra limbs and i'm just like using those to grab onto her and maneuver more quickly and sort of hold onto her as tight as i can sure so that she can't get free while i'm doing this Absolutely. Okay, so 3d6. It's a six and two fours. Okay, six will do it. So so you managed to do this. What does it look like when you launch into the air and then land on the opposing mech? I think it's just this like very dramatic... Again, I have these like flame decals... Uh, and I'm, I, I fly up quite quickly, so it's like streak into the air and then immediately right back down and just like 
I think that that the two mechs, one on top of the other, just kind of go skidding through the ground, like making this huge dent in the uh, in the dirt here, and hopefully like shredding large pieces of her armor off of her mech as as we skid through the ground. Yeah, I think when you hit the ground and start skidding across the ground, pieces of their like skirt fall off, and so now the legs of it are more exposed. And looks a little more ridiculous because it's now this, like, strangely top-heavy mech <laughs> with an elaborately long beam sword. Sarge. Yeah. You just watched this happen. What are you doing? I am shaking my head. And I'm just going to pipe over my comms. Don't you have any weapons? And... Sarge, I am a weapon. <laughs> I'm just... Sarge, may I remind you that we are a diplomatic squad? Uh, yeah, that doesn't mean I should be the only person with a gun. And... And, uh... As I close in, I am going to kind of split my attention... And with my sword, try and finish off the kind of construction one that I shot earlier. And with my hand uh, cannon, essentially, open fire on the one that's after Vista. Okay, so that'll be, I'll have you do two separate rolls there, but that definitely is battle. Okay, so 2d6 for each? Yep. Okay. Unless you want to spend a quirk and push yourself. I will expend military workhorse. Ooh, okay. On which one? Oh, uh, it would only apply to one? Mm. Yeah. I will expend it to finish off this construction mech. Okay, cool. So that'll be 3d6 for All that. All right. That is a 13 with two fives. Two fives. That's pretty good. So you you do... What it looks like, I think, is that you um, swing at this thing with your sword, and it manages to... Your swing manages to basically split off the cockpit from the rest of the vehicle. But as that's happening, both of its machine guns point at you and just let loose. And I'll do th and I think that's going to be uh level 2 damage. Okay. I take damage. So on your sheet below, yeah yeah. So on your sheet below harm, you'll see damage. And you can actually just mark level 1 because you have armor as part of your Loadout. Okay, so just put an X in there, essentially? Yeah, pretty much. Just that, just to mark that, like, there has been some damage to your mech, even though it's not sort of excessive. Okay, so now, as someone I'm not super familiar with the mechanics of the game, why am I taking damage? So it doesn't have the same sort of, like, back-and-forth swinging of something like D&D, &D. It more is a matter of when you get a 4 to a 5, that's either going to be 
you still do the thing you're trying to do, but there's some kind of cost to it, which is why you're taking damage in this instance. Okay. You can also often try to resist that by rolling... You see the expertise, acuity, resolve, prowess, insight, mm -hmm. and the dice listed there. You can resist by rolling the amount of dice and then subtracting that. Okay. From stress and take that much stress, usually. Okay. In the instance of a vehicle, you're expending a quirk, I think. Yeah. Uh, no dice rolls are perfect. Okay. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You must exist... All four quirks, minus the attribute rating used to a minimum of one. Okay, gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But, so you've got a little... Yeah, you've got light damage, okay. basically. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, fine. I was just wondering mechanically, because I, I don't really know the system. So... Yeah, it's kind of weird in that sense. So, and then a second battle roll on Reaver, which is the one attached to Paris's yep. ship. And that is a five with a two and a three. Okay, so uh, five will be enough to hit it. I think here I'll offer you this. It's either going to be that you hit it and it's not enough damage to finish it off, or you hit it and it's enough damage to finish it off, but you're also going to deal damage to uh, Paris's vehicle. Mm. I, in the interest of, I've got something for if you don't finish it off. Uh, well, I was just gonna say, in the interest of playing my character to my character, I would finish it off. Sure, absolutely. Like Paris will survive. I don't care much <laughs> about his vehicle. Um, he will. He will live, and that's important get rid of these two and then deal with crab hunter yeah you're the reverse of antiquity the the metal is cheap save the meat <laughs> yeah okay so the, the the metal is pointless without the meat that is fair. that is my opinion i agree so i think then so that's gonna advance your damage to level two Paris? Uh, can I, if I take armor, can I knock that down? Yeah, absolutely. Cool, I'm going to declare some armor then. Uh, Sarge yep. knows exactly where common courtesy is heavily armored. <laughs> absolutely. And so that'll be two ticks for the armor. Alright, so two of them are down. Crab Hunters Kaiser Cradle is still up. Um, although currently underneath Phoenix Chimera. Appreciate the save, Sarge. Mm-hmm. And I think since you've just gotten uh, Olingo off of you, Matt, what would you like to do? <laughs> Stand back up. Just tear off what remains of the cape and fling it dramatically <laughs> to one side. It's <laughs> like uh, diplomatic mode is done with. <laughs> Must be like I. I told you the cape was a bad idea. <laughs> sure. Um. But I think I'm gonna. If it's okay, I'm gonna kind of hover and be around for support stuff, 
wading in to take out the the like main bad guy is kind of not Paris's thing. Sure, absolutely. What's in fact what what's so the what are the conditions like? Are we so is this kind of broad daylight or what? It was night when we rolled out, right? Yeah, oh, so yeah. it's probably getting in towards like late night. Okay. By the time you guys got there. Uh so it might potentially be useful for me to uh light up the battlefield for my colleagues then. Yeah. Sure. Cool. So I'm going to get up, survey the battlefield, rip off the cape, uh, and the shoulders of the mech pop open and flare mortars fire out, flying high over the battlefield and lighting the whole place up with a big white magnesium glare. Beautiful. Hopefully that will do something for people's position or something. I don't know. But it's a... It definitely helps what I was about to do. It's a flashy move, so... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. So that to me, I realized there's also a set up a teammate, but I think that's a set up move. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, weakening an obstacle or empowering an ally. But I think we'll just take that as a setup action. And so Christine and Joshua, for your next move, you can either have an in- a better position or an increased effect. Better position meaning you're more likely to succeed. Increased effect meaning if you succeed, you do something more impressive. Yeah. Um, given this this new light, and given that I kind of have Crab Hunter's mech sort of pinned under me, mm-hmm. do I get the sense that there would be time here for me to do a quick scan to see if I can find like some sort of weak point or something on this mech that if I target it will do will be more effective. Yeah, I think you can do that. Okay. Maybe taking improved positioning from from this light. Okay. Can I So, I have the special ability Tactical Genius. Um, which says two times yeah. permission you can assist a teammate without paying stress. Tell us how you prepared for this. Can I just from experience be able to point out um, more kind of vulnerable spaces on this mech design? Yeah, I think so. Because I think you can... I think we can safely say that, like, even though this is obviously, like, a highly customized vehicle, you've definitely seen something like this before. Yeah. And so you can be like, oh, wait, I know this yeah, model. Like, this is where they're yeah, usually like weak. Most, most humanoid-style mechs have, you know, kind of certain weak spots. You know, this one in particular has got a couple extras, that kind of thing. Right. Right, exactly. So, absolutely. Sick. And so... Oh, and you don't pay the stress, that's right. Yep. Rad. Um, so given that, and given the improved position from this light... Uh, instead of actually scanning for a weak point, since I, I sort of have one from Sarge, I, I would love to just go ahead and and, uh, and target one of these weak points. Um, I think I'm going to spend one of my load on having a directed energy weapon, and I think this is a close range, kind of like Iron Man's like hand repulsors style, like in the hand of my mech, sure. this directed energy weapon. And I want to go ahead and use that to just sort of... Whatever whatever the weakest part of this mech is, just kind of close range, obliterate it. Yeah, go for it. And then are you... Sorry, Sarge, are you giving the... What are you giving uh, Christine for their role? 
Because they can get an extra die, improved effect, improved position, or ignore. Level 3 harm doesn't matter right now. Basically, at level 3, you're taking scars and or uh, need assistance with your mech to do things. I'll give an extra die. I'm more interested in making sure the attack hits than necessarily making it, you know, more effective. Yeah. Which is why, which is why for sure. mine, I'll take a better position so that I can get an extra die to my roll rather than a better effect. Okay. So is this battle? Yeah, this will be battle to me. Okay. And what's my positioning in effect by by default here? So are you taking increased effect or increased position from... That's what I'm trying to determine. My, my gut says better positioning, but I want to... I, I don't know what the... what Where we are by default here, so I, I would love to know that before I pick. So default for effect is always standard. Sure. Uh, yeah, okay. And then based on the fortune roll at the beginning of this thing, your position is desperate technically on rolls we are still desperate even though we've taken out that's true so that would several you, other mechs you're, i've taken point. out um, <laughs> and, and i and i do have uh i do have crab hunter pinned to the ground beneath me this is fair so i i think you can definitely move it up to risky at least so if you take the improved position it'll be controlled okay i would love to do risky great effect instead if that's all right hey you do you great okay so i've won in battle with an extra die from sarge Mm -hmm. it's a three and a five okay so a five so i think you are able to target this weak spot which uh tell me what do you think this weak spot is in this humanoid mech i don't know sarge told me what it was what does sarge (laughs) think it is typically joints shoulders waist those kinds of things i think i've already done a lot of damage to the legs so i'd love to just like take like try to take her sword arm off basically like a a shoulder joint oh yeah absolutely so yeah i think with that roll you can take the arm off and yes basically the only recourse is she has at this point is a small machine gun pops out of her other arm like mounted into the arm piece and fires at you and that would do some damage to your your opposing arm great well you know what i always say meat is cheap meat is cheap save the metal (laughs) so and you can use that with so i'm gonna resist it and you get two die to resist minus the one from meat is cheap spoken like a true politician That's a four, so two more stress. So I'm up to five. I just don't want my baby getting hurt. I'm very stressed about it. Yeah, very little harm, (laughs) but lots of stress. Yeah. Which is basically how Forged in the Dark works. Mm Mm-hmm. But so I think with that, you've pretty much disabled Crab Hunter's mech, and so it's not terribly difficult at this point to detain these three given that you guys still have giant robots and they do not (laughs) that's fair despite that i still like the kind of image of uh one of their cockpits opening uh and paris is standing outside out of his mech just uh pointing a saber at them 
An actual <laughs> cavalry sword. <laughs> yes. I'm hair blowing in the wind. And 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 I am testing the heft and action of Crab Hunter's big beam saber. <laughs> and it's very unwieldy, but with some modification. I, I, I am I am putting putting a little note in my system that this is now Plan F. <laughs> I'm using my cool big mech hands to like dust the shrapnel off my razor wings. Beautiful. Okay, and that's pretty much it for the mission. You would normally go through then basically like like a score sheet of here's how well you did in your mission, <laughs> which I think you would get like something like minus two trust to the faction that you were against and then plus one to whoever you're working for and then a supply roll to judge how you're rewarded. I got a new sword. I'm happy. and then it would be downtime it would move into downtime which downtime is just sort of the other phase of this game big part of my downtime is going to be yelling at spark because (laughs) like what but i did it you, you you can do it but slamming your mech into the other mech is not the most efficient way to do it perhaps Invest my in mech took no damage yeah but you did and your mech is useless if you're dead <laughs> technically i didn't i was very stressed out about it but i didn't hurt myself or my <laughs> mech also i do have a weapon i had a cool hand repulsor energy weapon i just wasn't using it yet also i have razor wings those are a weapon mm-hmm. i I, I I am that meme of the guy from the office just sitting there staring and blinking so if you want to so there are there are a number of different downtime actions but one of them is called cut loose which is just spending time with another pilot to release stress if you want to uh have your cut you your cut loose in downtime being you yelling at antiquity (laughs) i see nothing wrong with that (sighs) yeah that's 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 probably part of it is that and uh just combat training just like y'all y'all need to run some drills (laughs) sure so cut loose roll a number of dice equal to the number of ticks in your connection clock so in this case one that is a six oh okay this is fun (laughs) so you do relieve all your stress but if you cut loose and roll to heal more stress than you've overindulged. Which is fair. I, in, in, instead of going squad leader mode, I go full drill sergeant mode. Yeah, so <laughs> that means you either attract trouble, which yes. causes an entanglement. I mean, these are all like kind of longer term things, but you either attract trouble, brag, go AWOL... Or you commit an impropriety so great that you reset their connection to to zero. That sounds about right. <laughs> Don't love to be yelled at when I did nothing wrong. <laughs> just, I just want to read this. Impropriety. Reset your connection with the pilot that joined you to zero as you make an ass of yourself. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> Sounds about right. I think the second part of that is even funnier, which is, if you already have a zero, take level <laughs> one right. harm alone. <laughs> so Sarge cut loose by yelling at a at uh, Antiquity. Antiquity, what are you going to do? Well, Sarge cut loose by yelling at a 19-year-old girl who hadn't done anything wrong. <laughs> That's how the military works. I would like to cut loose... I would like to cut loose with Paris uh, in a much less controversial way. Um, Paris, your mech had taken some damage, right? A little, yeah. It's uh, it's scraped. Um, Just like need some, yeah. I think I think I would like to cut loose by like hanging out in our mech hangar or something and helping to to sort of repair that damage for you while talking shit about Sarge. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) And this this is very much because I'm assuming antiquity knows mechs. Paris knows yes. this mech, but Antiquity knows mechs, which means that Paris yeah. is doing the the helicopter boss thing of, <laughs> like, directing the redecoration, like making sure that all of the, the gold paint is reapplied properly once it's all buffed up. <laughs> yep. Look, we both have gold mechs. <laughs> I can handle it. It's fine. Please don't also yell at me. Oh, no. This also no, no. works pretty well because you get a free upcap to upkeep to reduce level one damage anyway hey, nice <laughs> so yeah. it's just becoming a cut yeah. loose scene works really well so to cut loose i'm rolling i'm rolling one because i have one connection exactly. one tick with paris okay that's a five okay and how much which is stress? exactly how much stress i have perfect so you both recover all your stress and go back down to zero, but also you increase your connection clock with Paris and uh, gain... And write a new belief? Yes. Alright, so my original belief with Paris uh, was Paris is all talk and no action. Um, Let me think about what the... You get a new belief by us both talking shit about Sarge. (laughs) Um... Paris could he not see that we uh, had it? Has little. Paris has. I've got Paris has little field experience, but he knows pa- what's up. To, oh, yeah, nice. I'd say to be fair, Paris didn't do much to dissuade either of us of our opinions of him. <laughs> no. no, but because he talked shit with me, he is higher in my estimation now. Seems fair. And then Paris, what would you like? So, your you get three downtime actions. What's your first one? So did you, you did you say we, we did you say we both healed stress from that? No, no, no just okay, cool. Antiquity. All right, well, you I... have to do your own cut loose to heal stress. Okay, who, which of my squad mates would least like to go into Journey City and go shopping for a new mech cape? <laughs> I feel like Sarge, right? <laughs> I would I would thrive helping you find a new mech cape, so probably not me. Yeah, probably. I feel Sarge. like I I have to take Sarge because Sarge is like also the squad quartermaster, maybe. And so I oh I God. have to get the expense signed off. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I I will yeah. I will channel my best Edna mode. No capes. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I, I spend, Paris spends the entire shopping trip trying to convince you that if only the cape had been a bit more impressive, then it would never have come to blows. 
<laughs> we just need the cape to be bigger and to like drape drape more heavily. Perhaps it could be one of those ones with attachment points at the wrist and elbow as well as the shoulders. <laughs> I will oh come God. to a compromise as long as it can double as armor. <laughs> nice. Oh, lovely. Um, okay. Um, okay. Only if it's heavy enough to protect you in combat. I'm getting a Kevlar cape. Yeah, it's got 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 to be functional. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Okay, so I'm rolling one d six. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, which is exactly how much stress I had. Yep. So you get another tick, and then you get a new belief, new about, belief Sarge. about Sarge. Uh, so my original belief about Sarge was uh, that they will make a good social foil uh, and they are somebody that I can sort of point to when negotiating with people and say, that's the stick. You don't want the stick. You want the carrot. <laughs> Which proved to be um, true, although you didn't actually have the point. <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, so I think after this, I now know that um, also I think Sarge has my back. Mm. Mm. Sure. I was gonna. I was gonna say probably that I'm not unreasonable. I'm just practical. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right, and then you each have. Y'all have two more downtime activities. Yeah, I would probably just train and work on my mech. Work on making my mech better. It's... Sure. Absolutely. Actually, no. I, I, I wouldn't work on making my mech better. I'd train and probably just schmooze, relax. Yeah, so sh- schmoozing is trying to improve trust with another faction. But yeah, and then train is just pick an action. Uh, or, or basically pick insight, prowess, resolve, yeah. expertise, or acuity and add a dot to the Or sorry, overall. I would uh, upkeep would be it. Yeah. Oh, upkeep. Yeah, yeah. Training and upkeep. That, that would make sense, sense for me. Sure, absolutely. Uh, upkeep, I think, is just uh, clear exhausted cork boxes on vehicles. Spend at least one material and roll that many dice. Yeah. Yeah. So just just refresh your cork and you're good to go there. Yep. That is... Can I assume that we gained enough material for multiple of us to do upkeep? Yeah, I think everyone can do upkeep uh, with the supplies you would have gotten just from being on the oligarchy side. Excellent. So, but I'm also doing upkeep, and then despite how annoyed I am with Sarge mm-hmm. and that whole rant, I do think I would. Um, I do think I would want to take the enhance action and and work on my vehicle expertise to try to get another point in battle eventually. Oh, okay. Well, so there's. Hold on. Make sure I understand this properly because it's unusual. So enhance action oh, will is give it? you eventually a new quirk. Okay. Training would be giving you another point in expertise. Oh, training does do that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, the the book was slightly misleading. So the, I would train then, yeah, to yeah, try yeah. to get another expertise. Yeah, it's kind of weird because it's the vehicle's points, but also your points, and they're... Yeah. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I yeah. imagine the training and the me cutting loose are kind of together. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's two. I think that's two downtime actions that function as one narrative action. Yeah. And then, oh, I mean, we can calculate XP for you guys if you want. Uh, you guys each have. There's 
static XP triggers and then ones based on your playbook. Can I just um, hit my those last two downtime actions quickly first? Oh yes, I'm so sorry. So I'll also do some upkeep, but um, can I can I do some schmoozing with the theocracy by going and making an appearance at the grand opening of that monument they were building? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. In my finery and clapping politely. Yeah. So make a fortune roll using. To me, this is a consort because you're not sway is sort of yeah more like deception and. Uh, trickery type stuff, whereas consort is more like diplomacy. Sounds good if to you're me. Familiar with D and D. Yeah. So, yeah, roll it. Five. Gain two trust with that faction. Very nice. They won't be stopping us at that checkpoint again. Yeah, no, they're uh, the theocracy likes you a little bit more, and then exp triggers for the ace. It's at the end of each session. Mark each item below. Mark one xp. Or 2 XP if it occurred multiple times. You addressed a challenge with piloting or violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- Several, yes. Yeah, I think that's 2 XP. And you can put those in playbook XP or in uh, associated actions. And then you've expressed your history, tragedy, or opening. Probably not. Yeah, it didn't seem to come up as much. And then you struggled because of your beliefs, scars, or quirks. Not as much. Yep. I... I definitely brought up my history more than once. <laughs> and Yeah, I agree. So you can mark two XP for and, that. And uh, address the challenge with calculation or conspiracy. I think I did that at least twice. Once by taking the Overwatch and sure. sniping, and then the other by pointing out the weak spots. Yeah, absolutely. And then the Envoys is... So you'll get two XP for each of those. Then the Envoys is you addressed a challenge with deception or influence... Uh, at least once, maybe maybe the um, theocracy checkpoint as well, but ma- yeah, mainly I was the main say, mission. I, yeah, the main mission definitely, but I think I would also give it to you for the uh, checkpoint. And then you expressed your tragedy history or opening. Nah, not really. Yeah, not so much. But I did struggle because um, of a quirk. You did. I used it against you, so that works. So that would be three. All right. Yeah. In sort of a loose nutshell, that is Beam Saber. Woo! Oh, fun. Yeah. So we'll go around again and uh, just tell us all what you're working on and where they can find you if you have social media that you prefer people to follow you on. Okay. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at MerelyMJ. Uh, and I'm also the host of the Merely Role Players podcast. We play uh, Powered by the Apocalypse Systems. Uh, and we are a theatre company, so we are theatrical people playing role-playing games. Uh, around uh, Halloween, we will be launching, soft relaunching with a brand new season called Vigil. Uh, and you can find that at Merely Roleplay on Twitter or at uh, MerelyRoleplayers.com. Very cool. Group of theatre people. I've been trying to, I live in Hollywood, I've been trying to get like my actor friends and stuff to form a group. It's a thing. Anyways, again, I am Joshua. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joshua Never Josh, and you can also find me uh, producing and hosting for the Adventurers Guild on Twitter at the Guildcast, and Tabletop Comics on Twitter at Tabletop underscore Comics, where we make comic book f- comic books for your ears. 
Hmm. Very cool. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at C Previs, and I am the host and GM of the Unexplored Places, which is currently playing Scum and Villainy. And you can find us on Twitter at Unexplored Cast. Awesome. Once again, I'm your GM, Robin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lobster underscore writer. I'm the co-host of the Not Joanna Eggs podcast, which is an animation review podcast. And then I'm the GM of the Tabletop Buffoonery cast, which is me uh, dragging my friends kicking and screaming through tabletop games. And you can find us on Tabletop Buffoon on Twitter. So that's all. Thank you so much for uh, listening, and happy International Podcast Month. Deuces. Oi. The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Grelly. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event, and you can even buy our team members a coffee. Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter and use the hashtag PodMonth2020. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners.